People usually hide behind easy stuff. In order to see real progress, it's good to try to do brave things, like things that really scares you, those things that takes you out of your comfort zone. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career change. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take your own brave steps to improve your career and life. Today, my guest is going to explain how she relaunched her career from being an architect to a productivity trainer. We'll discuss an emotions-based approach to goal setting and how to create more accountability for yourself. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll talk about how bravery can propel you forward in your career. Today, I'm speaking with Raluca Comanescu a productivity trainer and creator of the Feathers, Inc. Navigator, the planner to break dreams down into actions. Passionate about design and curious about experiences and emotions, she's gone from being a full-time architect to unfolding her design agency, then launching two products to give people more time. After experiencing work addiction herself, she now trains people to take control of their time, strip away all the junk, and get down to action. If you want to learn more about Raluca or her Navigator planner, visit careerrelaunch.net slash 30. Raluca spoke with me from Bucharest, Romania. Okay, hello, Raluca, and thanks for joining me here on Career Relaunch. Can you just kick us off by telling us a little bit about what you're focused on as both a productivity trainer and also the founder of The Feathers, Inc.? First of all, Joseph, thanks for having me here. Basically, I want to tell that I'm pretty much splitting my time between two directions, and one of them is having my graphic design agency from where I actually learned a lot of techniques about productivity and how to work with people. And using all those lessons learned, I'm now also focusing on taking my clients and helping them break their dreams into actionable steps and be productive about their work. And you have also created a really cool planner called the navigator can you just give us a very quick overview of the navigator which i have right here in front of me so thanks so much (laughs) for sending one to me yeah so the navigator is a step-by-step planner that helps you break dreams down to the next action it's not really focused on rigid goals it's actually focused on experiences and emotions you want to sign up for and how are you going to bring those experiences and emotions in your life through actions and through manifesting intentions and through connecting with people. Now, I definitely want to come back and talk a lot more about the Navigator Planner because having flipped through it myself, I'm, I'm very fascinated by various <laughs> aspects of it. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. So let's come back to that. But uh, let's go back in time a little bit here, Raluca, because I know you haven't always been running the Feathers, Inc. And I know that you've always been passionate about design, but that came to life in a different way. Could you tell us about your time as an architect there years ago in Romania, and then we can move forward from there. It all started as being an architect first, 
when I was in high school, at the end of the high school, I decided that I want to actually experience something completely different than everything I was doing. So I decided to go to the architecture school. I actually went to the architecture and urban planning school. And after that, I was for five years uh, employee as an architect, full-time architect. And it was kind of fascinating because I was learning a lot of things. And the most fascinating part about being an architect is the fact that you're actually connecting with a lot of people and you're actually listening to what those people are telling you and how those people are living their lives. And you're somehow trying to connect the dots and create a product for them that fit their lifestyle. And this way we create houses or even more, I have designed big buildings like hotels. And yeah, it was very interesting. So, okay, you're building these big buildings and different types of structures. And then at some point you decided that you wanted to move on. Can you just take me back to the moment when you made that decision to make a shift in your career? It wasn't that fast from one day to another. There was this economical crisis and there were no more big projects I could work on. In our office, the owner had to fire 90% or 80% of the employees. And when that happened, that exact moment, that exact day, I was like somehow fascinated because I thought I was going to be fired as well. That was actually the moment when I understood that my mind was somehow shifted to a different direction. But I didn't do any move right there. It took me like three or four, I don't exactly remember, a few months anyway, until I understood that there is no more for me to do there. My mind was actually open to experience many more other things. So actually that moment when you thought you might get fired made you realize that that wouldn't be such a bad thing. Yeah. And then it kind of got the wheels spinning to move along. I know you mentioned that you felt like there wasn't anything left to do there. What did you do to extract yourself then from your role as an architect to then move on to the next chapter in your career? I started learning to design illustrations, build illustrations. And once I did that, I pushed myself to sell those illustrations uh, online so I can see some sort of a progress. And I was doing this during evenings and during night times until morning hours. So every day I was doing this on my own time. And at some point, I noticed a job online. My first client was from America who was actually needed my uh, illustration skills, my new brand new illustration skills. And I was like, well, yes, I would like to try that. I actually took the project and I noticed that I could make money outside my day job. How exactly did you find that client again? And the reason why I ask is sometimes people are really curious, how do you get your first client? And so I'd be curious how you located that person. I was probably searching something on Google. And then this project was posted on a platform, on a freelance platform. Back then was called 
Odesk, and now it's called Upwork. Now, I know you got involved when we last spoke about this in some sort of a trailer project, right? That was a, a pretty big gig that you had in the United States. Can you tell us a little bit about what that involved and how that project ultimately transpired? I knew somehow that something big is going to happen. In one day, I received this message from the founder telling me that, describing me the idea and telling me that, I know you have the skills to make it happen. So the project is about building a mobile car service for oil changes. It's like a Jiffy Lube on wheels. And it comes to your house, make the oil change, and then moves on to the next client. We were kind of giving people time back with this project. You mentioned something a second ago about you kind of felt like you knew that something big was coming your way. Can you explain what you meant by that or what what were you feeling inside and how did you know that something big was coming your way? There is this flow you're feeling throughout the year, energy you're feeling throughout the year. The first part of the year was very relaxing. I was recovering from the transition of being an architect to being a brand new graphic designer. And I felt I was growing throughout those months. And at some point I felt it was an emotion like deep inside me saying that all I've learned is for something bigger and that something bigger is going to happen. I Honestly, I think it's some sort of a gut feeling or intuition. I'd love to talk a little bit more about the navigator now. How did you come up with the navigator, which is this I kind of interpret it as a planner slash journal. When I started the first time, I wanted to create a basic planner for me. And then while I was working with my clients, because some of them did not have the clear picture of their work, of their business, I shared my planner with them to help them get more relaxed and take the heavy part from their brain and put it on paper. I got feedback from them. The feedback was very great. So I decided that, okay, you know what? Why not make this public? Because of the feedback I received and because of uh, the struggles people were facing when they were using the planner, the initial planner, I've actually started questioning myself. I started listening to people. I started connecting dots. And all those lessons learned have translated into a new, improved version of the Navigator until what it is today, which is most like a coaching tool or an instrument you can use to empty your brain and start organizing your ideas until you find the next step to follow tomorrow or today. I've got the Navigator in my hands right now. I just got it in the mail yesterday and I'm looking at it. And one of the things that really struck me about the Navigator is compared to a regular planner, this Navigator seems to have so much personality to it. Like I felt like it had almost a voice uh, similar to what you had mentioned before, kind of like a coach. And I, I was wondering if we could just touch on a couple of these things I'm seeing in here. Like Number one, I see there's a space here for brave actions. Why did you decide to include that as part of the planner? People usually hide behind easy stuff. And in order to see real progress, 
it's good to try to do brave things, like things that really scares you. And those things that actually expands your comfort zone or even better takes you out of your comfort zone. And those brave things are going to actually boost your business. You can do a brave thing in two minutes and the results might be bigger even than your work for an entire week. Brave is different for each of us. Like for me, scary is picking up the phone and calling people. So imagine that after I quit Facebook, I was standing in front of my phone and realized that there is no other way I can keep in contact with people if I can't call them. So I took the phone and started calling people. I think one of the interesting things about um, flipping through this planner, and I think you're kind of touching on this, is the emotional side of planning and goal setting and how sometimes with goal setting, we just put a goal out there, but we don't really think about the implications on our emotions. Can you explain your emotions-based approach to planning? Goal is a good word, but I don't like to use it that much because, oh, I have to set up my goals. They decide on something rigid, like I want to be a CEO for what kind of company, for a company. Yeah. So they set up the goal and then they are trying all these actions to actually reach the goal. But they never actually ask themselves, why do I want this? Why is it that important for me? What would I feel if I'm going to be in this position, if I'm going to experience this? Who are the people who I'm going to work with and I'm going to enjoy working with? What are the places I'm going to see if I'm going to reach this goal of mine? So there are so many things behind the goal. It's not just the goal itself. It's the emotions that triggers. It's the people you want to meet and the places you want to see. So somehow it's better to know those things first because the more you know about you and about the way you want to feel and the experiences you want to sign up for, the goals or those things you want to reach will come your way, but sometimes will come your way in a different aspect than you haven't considered. Yeah, I was looking at your Instagram page and I don't know if this relates, but one of the things you mentioned there was uh, this concept of goals remorse. What did you mean by goals remorse? Is that what you're talking about here? Usually people start creating these irrealistic goals. And those goals are not always honest to themselves. Some of them are borrowed. Like you hear a lot of people talking around you and you hear about their goals, you hear about their actions. And it's kind of inevitable not to borrow those goals and whenever you start making your own it happens that you set up an irrealistic goal for yourself or a borrowed goal for yourself and as soon as you start actually working on that goal you realize that it's not for you so you have this goal remorse soon after you start your action or your journey to reach that goal how do you go about maintaining your accountability with your goals? First of all, I decide what I want to achieve in a month 
and then I split it on the next actions to follow every single week. And I put those actions inside my calendar, inside my navigator, and then I start making them happen throughout the days. However, I also have an accountability partner. So it's not just I'm not 100% relying on the navigator. I also have an accountability partner I talk to and we share our progress and we share how we experience them and what it's working and what it's not. And that is also one way I suggest people to do. It's fine. It's really important. Find a person to hold accountable for their progress. How did you go about finding your accountability partner? I think that that is such a great idea. And I think about that. And I guess I'm not sure where to start in terms of what makes for a good accountability partner. How do you go about finding one? My very first accountability partner was my partner. It's not that something official. So we were going home every every evening and we were walking home actually. And during our walk, we were actually exchanging ideas like, how was your day? How did you achieve? What happened? Why did that happen? And what's next? So those are pretty much the questions. And we kept talking and talking and talking. And yes, for years, kept me somehow with my mind clear about what should I do next. Uh, My new accountability partner was actually referred to me from another friend. And I clicked with her. She is also emotions oriented as I am. And she's also a uh, entrepreneur as I am. We are now sharing our progress and it's working very good. So yeah. Accountability partner is good and you can find it in your house. You can find it in your circle of friends. You can find it in the circle of clients. So yeah, you you can pretty much find them everywhere. The important is that you click with that person. And if you don't click with that person, it's okay to move on. And the last thing I wanted to talk about related to the navigator is this section you've got on here for, uh, I guess it's self-love activities. Yes. Can you explain the importance of self-love? And then we can wrap up by talking about some of your workshops. So self-love activities are pretty much in connection with the brave activities. Whenever you do something brave, why not just give yourself something in return? Experience some activities that really makes you joy, brings you joy and and pleasure. And I'm not really talking about expensive activities here. I was talking with a client just uh, last week. She was telling, you know what? I really want to go to the church for so much time. And I said, yes, yes. Why not do it? If you feel you have to do that to take care of yourself, to take care of your mind, do that. We so much forget about taking care of ourselves. So throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, we are constantly rushing and rushing to achieve things. Because if we don't achieve things throughout the day, we feel like useless and we feel like we haven't done much. We feel like absent in our life, which is kind of a fake thing to do, to feel. But we feel those things, right? We feel those emotions. And we forget that doing something for yourself 
is actually very good for you, but it's also very good for the people that are around you. You cannot expect me to love you if you don't start with yourself and if you don't love yourself first. As you've gone on this journey, Raluca, what's something that you've learned about yourself along the way? I've learned that I have to give myself time whenever I, I make a decision, whenever I make a change. I really need to give my mind some time to connect with that new direction or, or that, that new journey. Somehow when you do a change, it's very, very easy to do a change. Like, okay, if next week I want to give up on anything I'm doing right now and start being a bartender, I can do that, right? Because it's just a change. But the thing is, the mind, it's not really ready to embrace the new direction. So what I've learned throughout these years is that my brain is wired that it really needs time to accommodate all the changes and it really needs time to experience or to live a lot of experiences in order to make a shift. Don't rush through experiences. Don't rush through your actions. Don't rush it. Just enjoy every second. Give yourself time. Give your mind time. And it's going to be fine. Very good advice. I'd love to wrap up today, Raluca, by talking a little bit about your workshops. Can you explain to people the kinds of productivity workshops you're now running? I've started two kind of workshops for adults and for teenagers. The workshops for teenagers are less related about productivity and more related about finding their own superpowers and actually create something in their own life with those superpowers. So it's mostly a motivational workshop. And the workshops for adults is about building projects that pays off. Those projects that pay off are actually using a lot of my technical and business background that I've learned throughout the last 10 years, taking all this information and all these techniques for productivity and help people build projects that pay off. Well, if people want to learn more about your workshops or the Navigator or the work that you do, where can they go to find out more? They can check the website, and that is thefeathers.inc. Inc is written with K at the end, so thefeathers.inc. In there, they can find more about the Navigator, and also they can find when the next workshops happen, and also they can find a bit about me. Thank you so much for your time, Raluca, and thanks for telling us about your career and the importance of connecting with people outside of social media, those points about the emotions of your goals and also the importance of having an accountability partner. So I definitely want to wish you the best of luck with your upcoming workshops. And I'm going to try out this Navigator. It's very cool and um, very interesting, and uh, maybe it'll, it'll help me achieve more of my goals too. Thank you so much. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Raluca's insights on bravery, accountability partners, and the importance of self-love. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to share my thoughts on why bravery is so important to creating the next chapter of your career.
Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I wanted to thank the Forest app for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Forest is the mobile app that helps you stay focused and present while also helping to plant real trees on the earth. Visit careerrelaunch.net slash forest to download the app for iOS or Android today. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So for today's Mental Fuel, I want to talk about this concept of bravery. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you may have noticed I always mention the word brave at the start of every single episode when I say this podcast is about helping you take your own brave steps to improve your career and life. But I've never really talked about why I think bravery is not only important, but necessary if you want to make meaningful changes to your career. So the Oxford English Dictionary defines bravery as courageous behavior or character. And when I think of bravery applied to your career, it's basically taking an action you know is outside your comfort zone because you know there's a chance that momentarily dealing with that discomfort will pay off in a way that playing it safe just can't. And the reason why you'll hear me use the word brave all the time when I'm talking about career topics is because bravery is often what shifts an action from being helpful to your career to potentially game-changing. I'll share an example from my own career when I decided to take an action in spite of the fact I found the idea kind of terrifying. Let me take you back to the summer of 2013 when I was in my last corporate marketing job, working on the global brand communications team at haagen in London, just a few months after my father had passed away. I had just told my manager I'd decided to resign from my role, and a few days later, I got invited to speak at Marketing Week Live, which is Europe's largest trade marketing conference with about 5,500 attendees. They wanted me to talk about how to work effectively with creative agencies, which was one of my areas of expertise. Now, on the one hand, this seemed like a great opportunity to get some visibility. But on the other, I actually found the idea pretty daunting. I had just decided to walk away from the world of brand marketing. Getting this talk ready was going to be a ton of work. I'd never given a talk before at an industry conference. I'd never given a talk before at a marketing conference in London. I'd actually never really given a public marketing industry talk like this in my life. And to be honest, I felt like a lot could go wrong. I'd attended this conference myself in the past, and when you hear a great speaker, you never forget them. But when you hear a horrible speaker, you also never, ever forget them. And I just had this image of my talk falling flat and it forever damaging my professional reputation and credibility, which was the last thing I needed right before trying to launch my own business. In the end, I still decided to go for it pretty much because I felt like I might not have an opportunity like this again, and I might be kicking myself later for not doing it. In fact, I went on to ask them if I could give an additional talk, one about career change and the importance of pursuing meaningful work, which was one of my passions and still is. They agreed. A few weeks later at the conference, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Before my first talk, I was pretty nervous like probably the most nervous I've ever been before giving a talk, mostly because the audience was larger than I expected. And my first talk on agency management went okay. It definitely wasn't the best talk I've given, but it was fine. The talk I was really excited to give was the career talk the next day. There was a big crowd that gathered there, and even though I was incredibly nervous, I thought that talk was going pretty well until I ended up going overtime. 
And I knew I went over time because the conference moderator literally walked onto the stage in the middle of my talk and told me to wrap it up in front of the audience, even though I still had a few slides left. I had this really powerful emotional closing planned, and all I could think about was how the moderator was hovering on the side, motioning for me to wrap it up every time I turned my head. You can actually see this happen in the video that's still sitting on my YouTube channel right now. I actually don't even watch that video these days because it kind of makes me cringe. Now, I share this story because I just wanted to illustrate that doing something brave in your career, by definition, normally involves doing something you're not that comfortable with, either because it scares you or because you're not that experienced with it or because, frankly, you're just not that good at it, at least not yet. So it may be and, in fact, will likely be a bit messy and clunky. There's always a first time, after all. But sometimes just showing up and doing a good enough job can plant the seeds to more substantial opportunities that can radically change your career for the better. Even though those talks didn't go as well as I'd envisioned, it turns out that someone who saw my talk was one of the conference organizers for the TEDx conference in Cardiff. She later invited me to pitch to be a speaker, which eventually led me to giving a TEDx talk a few months later. More importantly, these two talks laid the foundations for the work I now do as a keynote speaker and workshop host. If I hadn't given those talks, maybe speaking would never become such a big part of the work I do now. Also, I didn't know it at the time, but those two Marketing Week talks became a real-world test case for me. Not only a test case that serves as a reminder to me that good things can come from taking brave actions, but also as a test case I can share with you and my clients and my audiences to illustrate how brave actions can lead to major career breakthroughs. It allows me to look you in the eye and say, I've seen how being brave has paid off again and again in my own career. I've seen how being brave has paid off again and again in my clients' careers. And therefore, I genuinely believe being brave will also pay off in your career. When was the last time you did something brave? When you did something you knew could completely flop, but you did it anyway because you knew there was at least a chance it could really shift your career and life. If your tendency has always been to play it safe, maybe it's time to see what happens when you don't. This takes me to a quote from Mary Tyler Moore. Take chances, make mistakes. It's how you grow. Pain nourishes your courage. You have to fail in order to practice being brave. So my challenge to you is to take one brave action this week. Something you've thought about doing, but just haven't been able to quite muster up the courage to do. To just forget for just a moment about the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And instead to err on the side of action and to just give it a shot. To just go for it. To put yourself out there and to take pride in the attempt rather than getting too hung up on the potential outcome. And if you're struggling to commit to that brave step, consider finding an accountability partner like the one Raluca mentioned who can help keep you on track. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to thank Lori, a listener in Orlando, Florida, who left this voicemail for me with her feedback on the podcast and one of her favorite episodes. Good evening, Joseph. This is Lori out of Orlando, Florida here in the USA. Your personal story was quite invigorating personally for me, and I enjoy the fact that you are quite humble, uh, honest, and your professional guidance comes with the good and the bad. Your guests on your podcast are terrific. They are diverse. 
which is always welcomed. And your podcasts are also quite engaging. I thoroughly enjoyed your podcast with Bruce Daisley, the VP of Twitter. And it was so fulfilling just to hear even someone at that high level of achievement, what he thought could bring his own personal gratification and happiness in his own life. Well, thanks a lot, Lori, for your kind message. I'm so happy to hear you enjoy my approach to this podcast. I do try to share a realistic, honest view without candy coating things too much, and it's good to hear that's helpful for you. Also glad to hear you enjoyed hearing from Bruce Daisley. For those listeners who haven't heard that episode Lori's referring to, you can listen to it at careerrelaunch.net slash episode 26. If you would also like to share some feedback with me, or if you have a suggestion of a topic you want covered, I'd love for you to leave me a voicemail with your thoughts at careerrelaunch.net slash 30. Also, if you're looking to create some public accountability for yourself, leave a comment sharing the brave action you plan to take at careerrelaunch.net slash 30, where you can also find a summary of all the keynotes from today's show. Thanks so much for being part of the Career Relaunch community, and a special thanks again to Raluca Comanescu for sharing her career story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.